This is 20 Questions on Design Lake City. I'm Aaron, and on today's episode, we have Lauren Bald. Lauren's the des- design director at City Home Collective. Mm-hmm. And um, how long have you been doing that, or been the director there, I guess? Uh, the last probably three and a half years I've been in that position, but I've been right. with the company for uh, just over seven years total. Okay, yeah, so... Um, pretty a pretty good run for you. Yeah. And, um, no, no. Longest job I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how you know we're becoming adults. Right? I know. <laughs> um, so those of you in Salt Lake and abroad who don't know City Home Collective, go look it up. They are Salt Lake famous. Um, always <laughs> kind of sharing really awesome design news and um, you know architecture news within the community. Um, so some of the local projects you might recognize are um, Palette. And the daily um, HSL all kind of restaurants downtown, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, or, or like the lobby, um, the office lobby next to the daily downtown on Main Street, the 222 building. So all excellent design. I can attest to all these places <laughs> and the food's great too. So go visit these places. And that's like our little shout out for City Home. I'm sure we'll get back to that. <laughs> okay. So do you, you know the format? Uh, I think so. 20 questions. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. I, I'm always curious. Did you did you get a chance to like listen to any of the other episodes? You, are you coming in blind? I'm coming in blind. Okay, that's cool. I like that. We'll just ask you know some of these questions that you've seen before, and I'm gonna kind of throw them at you randomly, okay. and we'll take a few breaks and see how we do. Okay. We'd like to thank the sponsor for this episode, Curate to the Trade, Utah's design trade showroom, a resource for sourcing knowledge and inspiration. For more information, visit www.curatetothetrade.com. Okay, so the first few questions are warm-up questions. Okay. Easy stuff, yeah. Like, um, what's your favorite all-time movie? Are we starting now? Do I answer? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My favorite all-time movie is Home Alone. Okay, and do I say quickly, why? Quickly, why? Well, I'm curious. Yeah, it's so nostalgic, mm. and it gives me warm fuzzies. And I actually like don't allow myself to watch it before Thanksgiving, so that I can cram it and watch it for like like every day until Christmas. And what about the sequel? No. Okay, not, not into too it. much. Gotcha. Yeah. You're like a purist, like Ghostbusters Just, is for me. Exactly. Okay. How about what is your greatest indulgence or your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is definitely shoe shopping. Mm, okay. And do you just like window shop or do you usually no. make purchases? <laughs> what about like <laughs> online or, I mean, do you have to like try on shoes for it to like be a good experience? You know, I don't. I just buy them and then I'm the worst at returning stuff too. So oh. I sometimes have things that just don't fit and they sit in my closet. Okay. Forever. Overflowing closet. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. How about this? Question three, what needs a redesign? Um, I believe I thought about this long and hard, and uh, my answer was the government. The government. Um, like local, federal, all of the above? All of the above. Yeah. And quickly, like, what what would be your first step if you were, if you were the boss? Like, I think I would take a second and, like, map it out because I feel mm. like the framework that was set up uh, – several hundred years ago is kind of bursting at the seams with our population growth Mm. and our changes in technology and information. Mm. So I think the whole thing needs an overhaul. Right. That's a good point. Like, it's such a big country and there's so much population. Like, is it working for everybody? And, like, you know, as it 
did or was supposed to in 1776 or whenever the Constitution was written. Yeah. Cool. So much has changed that I think we need to take a long, hard look at it mm, okay. from a macro level. <laughs> well, I could see that happening in, in four years. So yeah, right. That's, that's all Hopefully. I'll say about that. <laughs> um, okay, so one more kind of rapid question. What, what do you wish you were better at? Like, what's a talent you wish you had? One thing that I'm super bummed about is that I uh, don't speak more than one language. I feel like uh, I really missed out on that. Mm. And it's super hard for me, too. It's not easy for me to pick up on. So, mm. um, yeah. Do you, I mean, we're, like, required to take a language in high school or whatever. But yeah, but don't in high school, anything. you don't really, like, give a shit about anything. Yeah. So. Nothing sinks in, right? <laughs> yeah. I did, like, three years of Spanish. I don't, I don't no. remember anything from those classes. Yeah. Okay, so um, the next question, question five, is the getting to know you question. So okay. we want to know about your origin and, you know, how you, like, landed on design as a career path. Mm -hmm. um, well, I grew up in Orange County, California. I'm not originally from Salt Lake, but I kind of, like, bumbled around college uh, out there and didn't really find anything that I was too into. Uh, my mom moved out to Salt Lake or actually, she was up in Huntsville mm. um, just for the skiing. Oh, wow. She's a ski bum. Okay. <laughs> There's like one of two reasons people come here, yeah. and that's one of them. Yeah. yeah. So um, I came up here after a while, I went to Weber State for a couple years, um, kind of off and on. It wasn't super into anything. Um, got my partying out nice and good. Mm. And then I decided to be an adult and really focus on something. Um, so I actually enrolled in design, interior design, the program at Slick. Okay. And yeah. I totally loved it. Right. And it's supposed to be a really good program. It was really, yeah, yeah mm. I loved it. And it was something I actually cared about. And I went, it was excited to go to classes and I was mm. excited to like do well. And so from there it was like, um, yeah, this is definitely a career path for me. Cool. And um, how did you meet, like, the City Home crew? So as part of the design program, you have to do an internship. Mm. And so I kind of just did a Google search of design firms in Salt Lake. Um, and City Home stood out to me as kind of, like, more my style. Mm -hmm. um, they were a little... More crunchy, I yeah. guess <laughs> you could say. Nice. Um, not so proper. Scrappy. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, the, I looked at their blog, and they cussed on their blog and yeah, yeah. things like that. And so it was just a little less prim and proper. That's a good point. Kind of, like, carved out the counterculture piece mm -hmm. of, of Salt Lake. Exactly. Right? And so I reached out and... Um, reached out and reached out and reached out. Uh, that <laughs> and works. And eventually they were like, yeah, sure, come work for us. And so um, I interned there for a couple of months, and then my internship was up, and I just didn't leave. I uh, just kept coming. And the rest is history. Yes. Do you have a favorite design that you've created? I think the one that I'm really proud of that comes to mind is Finca. Mm -hmm. Um that is a restaurant downtown that I worked on with Cody Derrick, who's the owner of our company. Um, and that was kind of like my first big design project I worked on. I'm really proud of it. It, it was kind of the inspiration for it was this kind of like old Spanish hotel mm. that had been around for a while and like mm. um, had finally just been taken over and revamped because it was a Spanish tapas 
um, restaurant by Scott Evans, who's kind of like a local restaurateur. Right, like Pago, I think. Yeah, like other Pago yeah. and um, Hub and Spoke mm. and what's that burger joint? Oh, um, the new... Um, the Ninth and Ninth. No. Ninth and Ninth, it's... The new, like, um, chicken sandwich place. There's a chicken sandwich, too. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. So he's got a lot yeah. of stuff going on. But anyways, it was a super cool project because it was, like, a huge restaurant that uh, was, like, they were definitely willing to take some risks um, design-wise. Um, and, yeah, it turned out pretty cool. I could see... I, Me and my wife loved that place because we're, like, in the tapas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see from just being there that the, it looked like the designers had fun doing that project. Yeah. Um, with all of like the, the little nooks and crannies of like personality and you know some yeah. of the, the artwork that you guys brought in was like pretty provocative and and it's funny because like a lot of that a lot of those decisions which I'm I'm a firm believer that budgets are like really important because they they make you be creative mm. um, and so a lot of our de- design decisions came out of budget mm. um, like. We had to, we turned, it turned out that we had to actually like re pour the concrete floor because it was sloping so badly. And so we had like zero money for tile. And so we were like, let's just do that classic black and white checkered tile, you know, like we can get it super cheap. It's going to look cool. It's going to look original. Um, And then we spent like a ton of money on that wallpaper in those private rooms. It was like, um, that was like a big splurge for us because we thought it would totally set the mood. And so then there was no money for artwork um, at the end of the day. So we ended up like taking a friend and going over to other friends' houses and taking pho- photographs of each other like in the middle of the night. And no way. it was just like and just two hours. Collage, it was collage. like two hours. Yeah. We ended up just like printing these photos and, uh, uh, Dan Christofferson from B teeth. Do you know him? Yeah. He's like yeah. a local artist guy. Mm-hmm. I know of him. Yeah. Uh, in New York now, but f- of Salt Lake, um, he ended up just like drawing little um, caricatures and mm. additions to the art, and it was all like super budget. Yeah. Okay. I, everybody needs to see this <laughs> this place and these photos. It's not you know, and it's all us too. It's like yeah. I'm in those pictures, and Cody's in those pictures, and oh, like our friends are in those pictures. Rad. Were like, you guys like posing like you were eating meatballs and stuff? No, or, we were okay. just. I think we like lit off smoke bombs, and oh. we were like. Just standing in the smoke. Oh, cool. Trying not to cough. Got artsy with it. Yeah, it was artsy. Love it. Okay, so go to the City Home (laughs) Collective website. I'm assuming there are photos there. Yes. um, Because now it's changed. Now it's Bar George and it might be different. Okay, awesome. Um, Okay, I really like this question. I think there are a lot of students that listen to the podcast, so it's a good question for them. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give your younger designer self? I think one thing that's super important that I've noticed now more than ever as like the director of design because I interview everybody that comes to um, seek a position with us. Right. Uh, it's learn your fundamentals. Mm. Uh, a lot of people think that interior design is about, you know, like taste re- and, or rearranging uh, and like selecting materials yeah. and being creative. And it's like, you don't get to be creative until you've been in the industry long enough Gotcha. Um, to like work your way up to mm. being creative. It's kind of like a badge of honor that you have to earn. Mm. Um, and, or unless you're working for yourself. Right. right. Um, which is kind of how the schools teach you, mm. but 
you have to, in order to like get in with a firm, you have to know the fundamentals. You have to know CAD. You have to know um, rendering techniques, whether it's SketchUp or Revit. Mm-hmm. You have to know, you, you have to know numbers, basic construction numbers mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think that's something, once you learn those, like you're creative, you're in a creative industry, like yeah. that's going to come easy to you. Right. And you'll be able to ex- execute your creative thoughts once you've got the fundamentals. Exactly. I think that's a really good point. Um, like in design, there is a rite of passage mm-hmm. and you have to kind of be a CAD monkey for a while. Exactly. That's just how it is. And like nobody l- wants to say it or hear that, but right. that's how it is. And so maybe if we did talk about that more, then then at least people could be com- comfortable with that. You know, right. like, okay, now I've got to do my two years or my four years of CAD. Exactly. You know? and, and it's like every position you every as you kind of evolve it within a company or in multiple companies um, as you grow then you sort of expand on your creative capabilities but mm. it's really not until you're either a principal or a senior designer that you're gonna actually have creative control over a project right and so the trick is you have to like keep the passion through those like hard, hard years <laughs> exactly. right yeah and not not self-destruct exactly. I think it's hard you know I think people. it's especially hard for architects actually because mm. I feel like architects, go in with, you know, these dreams of being the next great building creator or whatever, you know, and they graduate and they realize that you're just going to be doing, you know, um, straight up, straight up, yeah, Yeah. like the most mundane construction documents. I've done a little bit of that, like, like window schedules and Mm -hmm. like making lists of like which windows go in where and the, the, parts and pieces. Right. And And it's like, you have to go through so much schooling to become an architect. You have to invest so much time and money. Yeah. And then, yeah. You you better love it. (laughs) Damn it. Exactly. Okay. Next question. Where do you get your best ideas? I get my best ideas, I think, from reading magazines. Um, Hmm. I actually love old school magazines oh, cool. that are made of paper. Oh, okay. That's what you mean. <laughs> that aren't like online magazines. Yeah. Um, but it's seriously like a great indulgence right. also. Um, and going to like a Barnes and Noble or something, like one of the last few places where you can get like a stack of magazines oh, yeah. that you don't see very often. Mm. Um, like international interior design right. magazines where mm. you, they, they're publishing stuff that you haven't seen um, or products that are super new. Mm. I also love getting magazines that are, you know, fashion from all around the world, tech magazines, yeah. like, you know, entrepreneur magazines. Um, I kind of like even like the smut magazines, like Star and uh-huh. People, we'll, I love we'll those. We'll do those every once in a while. <laughs> For some reason, like that's our routine when we when we when we fly somewhere. We, yes, have, to, we have to get at like the a airport, smut. Yeah. You just got to get a stack. <laughs> yeah. of like find out what Kim K is up to. Exactly. It, it it allows you to kind of like relax and you know, numb out for a minute, yeah. and also just like let the creativity flow because it's all an inspiration. Um. So I do that a little bit, and I have to ask: Do you okay with your magazines? Um, do you like flag pages? Do you rip, just rip pages out? Do you collage stuff? Like how do you, because there's so many good ideas that you can go through like five magazines and like, how do you like kind of like remember those things or like document 
So that's a great question. But what I do is I'll take a picture of the page with my phone and I email it to myself. Okay. Because otherwise it'll get lost in my phone screenshots. But I'm like a savage at checking my emails. Uh, So if there's something really important, I I email it to myself. So you might be like, you know, shots from February 12th, Barnes Mm -hmm. & Noble trip. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's smart. Okay. Or look more into this or whatever. This is all about just me, like, getting tips from other people, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest. Okay, next question. Um, Something you've learned the hard way that you'd like to um, share, like, help other, um, help listeners avoid? I think as it pertains to design specifically, um, and not just my life, because I've learned a lot of hard lessons, (laughs) um, that design is... At the end of the day, interior design is a business, and you have to treat Mm. it like a business. And I feel like so many people, especially that work for themselves, um, have a really hard time maintaining the structure of a business because they're like, oh, it's just my time, you know? And Hmm. so they're like, okay, I'll go fix that. I'll redo that. I'll change that um, without charging for their time just because they want to make the client happy or whoever happy, Um, which is kind of my role is to make the design division a functioning business. And so I make sure, I think if it were um, up to an individual, they would work 24 hours a day and not charge the client just yeah. to make them happy. Yeah. And so a lot of people work. that work for themselves do that. Yeah. Or they'll eat something if there's a mistake because they just don't want to put up a fight about it. Totally. And th- I think it's really, really hard to kind of maintain that business mindset when you're mm. trying to be a creative as well. Yeah. That's a really good point. Mm. Okay. So we're on to question 10. Um, so we're halfway. There. All right. Goes fast. Um, so let's do like a few more kind of rapid questions. Um, oh, this might not be super rapid. What <laughs> what bends your mind every time you think about it? I automatically knew the answer to this question, which is uh, outer space. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Every time I, that is a rapid question. Every time I try to think about outer space and like how it works and how it came to be and like what how big it is it's just it like hurts my brain yeah um okay so side (laughs) side note since i started this podcast um i've people have been bringing up meditation a lot it's kind of like been a common theme and so i actually like started meditating like Mm -hmm. like oh other creative people meditate well i better start doing that right and i i started doing this guided meditation and it's all about like um Okay, recognize like the space between your ears. Okay, now recognize your shoulders and your feet. Okay, now recognize the space in the room. And then the last one is recognize just space within space. And I'm like, what? What? Like that is not a good last question because I don't, I cannot comprehend at all. Like space within space. Like it's too much. What is too much to handle? So maybe that's the point. Like mind blown at the end of a meditation, you have to like be changed I guess yeah I think it takes some leading up to I feel like I'm still every time I try to meditate I'm like counting down the clock until it's over like my intro <laughs> I'm I haven't quite broken that ceiling yet of like just letting it all go it's, it's not easy it's not easy <laughs> and like every time you sit it's different too mm-hmm. your mind's in a different place I feel like yeah there could be a whole like just podcast on that you know just episode on that um okay another question what is a year 2020 design trend forecast from Lauren Bald? 
2020 design forecast, I would hope, and I'm wishful thinking, that it's sustainability. Mm. Uh, I feel like it's kind of at the forefront of everybody's mind, and interior design is inherently a really wasteful, um, non-green, non-eco-conscious industry mm. and even from like the freight and shipping for things from all across the country to uh, the materials things are made out of to you know the packaging that things come in um it it's it's kind of rough thinking when you just are ordering furniture for somebody's house um how much waste there is and how much emissions there is from that practice. Mm. So we actually, in order to kind of counteract that, we do source locally a lot and we try to do a lot of vintage. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would really hope that 2020 is a lot more eco, eco-conscious. So the next section is the creative process section. We want to unpack your process and know about um, your, you know, professional life and and your your practice. Um, so question thirteen we're at is um, where do you find inspiration? We already talked about your know, magazine fetish, mm-hmm. right? Um, but are, are, are there other um, sources that you look at or look to for inspiration? Yeah, I think like having to think about this a, a minute. One of my biggest inspirations that if I really boil it down uh, is photography. And Mm. I feel like I really, there are a couple of certain photographers that I am just obsessed with that I get all sorts of ideas on, you know, interior design composition and color palettes and maybe it's fashion photography maybe it's street photography um but i feel like that's the stuff that i kind of have a visceral emotional response to Mm. um and i remember growing up you know photographers like esteban oriol who does like a lot of black and white la street photography Mm -hmm. uh, like lowrider culture cello culture um that was like a huge inspiration to me when i was growing up um and so that that sort of stuff i've also got a couple of other designers that i follow like on instagram and miles aldridge he does like really super punchy, campy, like, stylized fashion Mm. photography that's, like, super rad. And um, that's the kind of stuff where it's, like, whatever is happening in the fashion world, in, like, the high fashion world, in the editorial world, like, that stuff is going to eventually trickle down to interior design. Yeah, So I find it super exciting to Mm. look at that for inspiration as it pertains to interiors. That's amazing. Um, okay, so uh, is there a, is there somewhere? Well, I guess if people follow you on Instagram, do you mm-hmm. do you like tend to post some of some photography that is inspiring I to you? Do sometimes I tend to post like mm-hmm. inspirational pictures, yeah. pictures of my kid, eh. pictures of me looking crappy. Yeah, my, <laughs> mine's like all kids too. So don't I try me. to restrain from the kids, yeah. but um, it's kind of like dirty, quirky 
my what's going on in my mind, what's inspiring to me is yeah. happening on my Instagram. I wouldn't say it's necessarily city home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so cool, though. I, I And now I'm inspired to kind of, like, dive deeper in, you know, the Instagram world and try to find more photographers. It, like you were saying, yeah. like kind, of, kind of, like, more fashion culture oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be pretty telling, like, yeah, what what's coming. Yeah, right? and they push the boundaries, too. They do weird mm. shit that's cool. And yeah. It's like you haven't seen it before. Yeah, the stuff that, like, um, architects can't do or product designers can't do. Mm-hmm. Right? That's cool. And there's even, like, I feel like it's working. Some of the inspiration, like, I think has trickled into international design. Um, but, like, there's some weird designs coming out of, like, Russia and stuff that have, huh. like, purple walls and bright red art. And uh. it's super, it's almost like editorial photography for houses. Yeah. And not I, models and clothing. <laughs> this is so funny that this is, like, a podcast because really it should be, like, a, it should be, like, something visual, right? Yeah. Should be, we should be, like, making film yeah. Sharing sharing these images, but you know. Well, look at my use... Instagram. You'll see it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'll, I'll share your Instagram on the on the blurb, the podcast blurb. Um, all right. Next question. So, um, at, remind me at, at City Home. <clears throat> excuse me, at City Home, you have a team of designers, right? How many? Correct. How many of there are you in that department? So we have uh, myself. We have three uh, senior designers. Uh, three ju- three designers, um, junior designers, and then we have a design assistant and a purchasing agent. Okay. So that's what, eight, pe- nine people? Yeah. And then okay. we also have a stylist. So 10. There's 10 of us. Nice. So pretty pretty good crew. Yeah. Um, the reason I ask is because I'm curious, like, what, um, if you guys have, like, a good design review process or a good, like, critique kind of process within your team, like, how, do, how does that work? Yeah, I think so. We can always be better um, because everybody gets so busy they're like head down right um, so we've tried to take a more casual approach to um, like critiques and peer reviews and stuff like that um, we f- I found that when we kind of do a, re- a really formal presentation that it almost feels like you have to defend your design to the other to the rest of the team just because they don't know the client, they don't know the budget, they don't know the backstory. It's Mm. just kind of like, it's kind of rough. Um, And we didn't want it to be like that. So we're more casual where it's kind of like, hey, I'm working on this room. Will you come over and look at my computer and Mm. see? Oh, that's cool. Just go grab somebody. Yeah. It's like, hey, there's three of you standing by. Like, will you come take a look at this? Which one of these do you like better? Mm. Do you have any thoughts? So it's definitely more casual. And it's, um, I think that's really worked for us. Mm. But there is that culture of like, sharing and grabbing each other and looking at each other's screens and whatnot. Yeah, and like oh, our cool. firm specifically, we really try to avoid using the same products twice. So hmm. we're not the design firm that has like our go-to, Your favorite you know, like, light yeah, that we use over and over again. Yeah. It's, we really push ourselves to do something totally unique every time. Mm. And so it's a good way to catch that too. If it's like, oh, I use that in this other project, um, then we'll be like, okay, we'll swap it out. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you, does that, does that get hard though? Like if you've done so many projects, like how do you, how do you keep it fresh? Or? Not so far. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I guess there's enough there's pe- so pendant lights out there. Out there. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, okay, next question. Um, how how do your values show up in your work? So that's a 
super interesting question. We actually have thought as a firm really long and hard about this, and we've come up with a literal list of words that define our values mm. as a design firm. Oh, cool. And so we've kind of gone back and forth on it. And so we have little check-ins along the way to be like, is this hitting the mark for us? Mm -hmm. You know, and those are like uh, words like brave yeah. and layered and unique mm. and thoughtful. Um, those are all kind of words that we really want to see in all of our designs. Rad. And we kind of go through and like, is this checking the boxes? Mm -hmm. It's kind of a good gut check. And are you like constantly re revisiting that that kind of word list or your your value list or not constantly? Um, is it like a? I I don't think it's a constant. I yeah. think because then that might feel like you're bogged down by it. Yeah, interesting. Um, but it's more like, hey, let's see where you're at. Yeah. let's take a peek at it and see how it lines up. Yeah, and maybe you could be like, well, it needs to be a little bit more layered because that's yeah. what we do. Or yeah, or your or, or or do you even try to like um, educate your clients with with your values, kind of like from the beginning or? It's kind of like, as far as education, I feel like it's more of us being educated on the client uh, than educating them. Because if we know what makes them tick and if we know where they're coming from and we know what they're looking for, um, it's going to be a lot easier for us to yeah. kind of bridge that and right. say, like, we hear you on this point. Uh -huh. This is why we've selected this. That's really interesting. So you're not trying to change them or change their mind or... Right. Get them to see see how you see things. You're just looking for a line more so just looking for alignment. Yeah, I think that's a big dangerous pitfall that some I think everybody gets into at some point or another is trying to just especially in the beginning, just saying yes to everybody. Yeah. Um and feeling like you need to. But as soon as we kind of switched our mindset and said we really want to work with like minded people, people that you know, are inherently looking for the things that we value. They are willing to be brave. They are willing to, you know, have a, an emotional response to their environment. They are willing to uh, care a little bit more about the quality of something than the mm. cost of it. Mm. Um, and obviously there's give and take. But as soon as we said this is what we're looking for in a client, those clients started appearing for us. Oh, okay. I like that. Ask, <laughs> asking you shall receive. I know. Question 16. Do you have tricks for getting out of a rut? Uh, yes. Ask for help is my biggest trick. Mm. And and your team, even like outside of your team, or um, ask Ask Jesus, ask whoever. <laughs> I think uh, it, I guess it depends on who you seek help from. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of people that have trouble asking for help. Yeah. Um, as it pertains to interior design specifically, I love having people at work that I can ask questions to, to and feel comfortable. Right. Um, and seek their advice. So I, you know, talk to Cody regularly and seek his advice um, because he has such a unique perspective on the company. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also work with a bunch of really amazing um, executive types mm -hmm. at the company mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we 
regularly seek advice from each other. Right. And they'll probably have a pretty good eye for design if they're kind of within your network. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's great. Okay, question 17 um, is the favorite tool question that we ask everybody. Is there is there like some kind of physical go-to physical tool or digital tool that you like to advocate for (laughs) our audience? Uh, Immediately, I would give a plug for the iPhone because I don't know how anyone would live without it. (laughs) Nobody said that yet. That's a really good one. Um, It's such an amazing tool as far as like, you know, uh, I take notes on it when I'm meeting with clients because I can just email it directly to myself. I uh, take photos for... The, the company Instagram. I take videos for the company Instagram. I take pro- photos for potential projects and everything. And so I don't know how anyone would live without that. I'm also a big fan of um, legal pads and Sharpie pens. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, for, for like, <laughs> even doing design work? I like to work take and... handwritten notes. Yeah. Um, and I like I'm to handwrite my to-do list every day. Mm. So I like the legal pads because every day I can have a new fresh page. Um, and But I, I make sure that they're white legal pads, not the yellow ones. I love it. It's like <laughs> we're, we're paying our respects to like the basics, right? right? I mean, it's hard to call an iPhone a basic thing, but every, yeah, like everybody's got one. It does so much work that you take it for granted. So And it's hard to recall things. Like I find yeah. that I'm, I retain information much better when I handwrite it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And even if you don't like have to go back to it, at least like you put it down. Exactly. It was like another process. All right. This part of the interview is where we pontificate a bit. And actually one of the questions that I've been loving that we've been asking um, a lot of designers here is um, about the future. Like we're wondering what, what, what you think um, designers will be doing in the future. Yeah, I think that's a really good question because I think that's something that we're kind of asking ourselves right now as designers because so much has been opened up to the general public as far as, you know, do-it-yourself and HGTV and being able to buy anything you need from Amazon and have it at your house in two days. Um, I feel like it's really changed the culture uh, and the stigma around interior design, whereas before hmm. it was kind of like this stuffy guy that would come like do window treatments and floral couches and stuff like that. That's what interior design was, and it was closed off to only a select few people that could afford it. Right. And then it was, you know, now it's kind of available to everybody in Pinterest age, and trends are changing so fast. And um, so it is interesting to think where interior designers will be. I I like to think that we will be helping to create um, a much more, I guess, more of an environment for clients, more of an experience huh. for clients, and not just uh, furnishing a home right. or putting stuff in it or Not picking paint colors. A place with stuff in it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important that we create spaces that evoke an emotional response in people that they feel truly comfortable in, that they can truly be themselves in and relax if that's what they want to do or, you know, get fired up if that's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, but creating purposeful spaces, uh, I think, is kind of 
the direction for interior designers. That's cool. And thinking more, thinking deep, more deeply about like the experience and the behavior and what, <clears throat> exactly. what you're trying to, you know, have people experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even something that we've really thought about when putting together furniture for selections for a client. A lot of times we can just show them stuff and be like, yes, we think this will look good in your house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we like to take it another step and actually tell them why we chose what we did. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a story behind this particular piece, whether it's we thought this would be perfect for you because you said X, Y, Z, yeah. or whether it's, oh my gosh, this was made by this person in this little village. Mm-hmm. And we know that it would be perfect for, you know, in alignment with the way that you guys are feeling right now. And that way when people come over and visit their house, they have a story to tell about that piece. It's not just like, Ooh, oh, this good. is cool. My designer picked it out for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like the aspect of interior design that, that I don't like is like it's kind of like random like vases and things mm-hmm. that like somebody obvi- somebody else obviously like picked out, you know, right. there's, there's no connection. So mm-hmm. yeah, the st- even if there's a story, that's mm-hmm. like, a, like a nice layer addition. Yeah. Um, okay. Question 19, how can design save the world? (laughs) Uh, I feel like design, uh, good design can save the world. Bad design can ruin the world. (laughs) It probably is ruining the world right now. Right. Um, But for a long time, people didn't really realize how their surroundings affect them. Um, And now it's kind of been proven that, you know, color affects your psyche. You said you had Amber on, and I know that she has a whole class on that, um, that even things like texture and architecture and natural light and everything like that, we all know how much it affects us as humans. Um, As much as we try to separate ourselves from the natural world, I think... Um, it really does affect every aspect of our lives. If you work in a factory with, you know, neon lights and horrible sounds happening at all times that, and a terrible smell, you're probably not going to be super happy going to work versus if you get to be outdoors and see light and, you know, listen to cool music. (laughs) Uh So I think just improving upon our surroundings in our spaces innately is just we just need to be more conscious of it i think Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. a byproduct like oh we're gonna place these humans in this building we created it's like we're gonna create a structure for these humans yeah yeah and i feel like there's um a really big difference between you mentioned like um an office space or like a factory space or Mm -hmm. the place where people work like maybe isn't as thought out as maybe like maybe like a residential space like we kind of expect residential spaces need to be comfy and nice Mm -hmm. and plants but like yeah i think of how much time you spend at the office or Mm -hmm. you know on the assembly line or whatever um yeah it's all function as like yeah it's like the people are barely an afterthought and right there's probably OSHA standards. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's like, about it. So you, so fingers don't get cut off and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. But like, if you can, if you can provide um, some some natural light and amenities and fresh air, then then right. people might go home and you know um, just try to make measures to save the world themselves. I don't know what the, sure. what the butterfly effect is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's cool. 
So with the last question, I like to focus on Salt Lake a little bit, you know, the city Mm -hmm. that we love and, and, um, have a few questions and maybe we can, you know, just kind of like make one question and and a few, (laughs) but, um, for you, like having worked, um, at least, you know, seven years in, in Salt Lake as a professional, what, what do you think, um, makes like Salt Lake City a good place to do design work? I think Salt Lake City is such a great place because it's still very much up and coming. It's not established. I feel like there's so much growth happening. Um, we're also sort of becoming this melting pot that's really cool. We've got this history, this rich history, um, but there's there's not quite enough of an establishment to say this is what Salt Lake is. Huh. So That's I think it's, it's like you go to, you picture New York, you picture architecture design in New York, New, yeah. New York you got an idea of what it's going to be. Same with like LA, you yeah. kind of got it. True. You know what it is. Yeah. Um, but Salt Lake, it's like, well, what if <gasps> a lot of times when you people talk about living in Salt Lake or what, why Salt Lake, you know, they're always like perplexed and pleasantly surprised. Huh. And I, I, I feel like I would really love to see that incorporated into the design and i mean it's here it's totally true because you've got like super rad mid-century modern homes that Uh or or even you know entire communities that are like hidden throughout the salt lake valley like sprinkled through the valley and then on the benches and and then you've got these gorgeous like historic buildings on Uh south temple and downtown and yeah then You've got these super classic bum- bungalows, you know, and so I don't know. It's like it, it's kind of a reflection of the culture here. And there's this yeah. counterculture of su- super modern that's sort of emerging right now. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. How this, In the same way, the counterculture is kind of sprinkled throughout. Exactly. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think it's really exciting to be a part of that and to be like, well, what is Salt Lake? Yeah. You know, like let's help define it. That's cool. Really optimistic to mm-hmm. like, you know, help be a part of the identity making of this place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I don't. It doesn't really have much of a of a clear identity yet. For sure. Not, you know, um, that's something we could talk about more. That's, <laughs> that's super interesting. Um, <clears throat> Okay, so um, do you have, like, a happy place in Salt Lake City? Um, I would love to say that it's, like, somewhere exciting and outdoors, but honestly, it's probably going to work is, like, really a sense of purpose for me, yeah. and I really get excited about it, um, and I'm very driven, and... We live. We work in a pretty cool building. I mean, it's, it sounds like you have a stimulating. Not, yeah, it's like, not atmosphere. terrible. So, yeah. and and it's different every day for me, which is really cool. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm going to preview really cool, amazing million dollar homes, and some days I'm, you know, looking at spreadsheets and crunching numbers, yeah. and some days I'm working with the team on new exciting projects. And so, for me, I love the idea of going into work and working hard mm. and it kind of is my sanctuary and my release. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, and very lucky. 
I'm sure my boss would be happy to hear that. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, give me that raise. Um, Okay, well, thanks, Lauren, so much for coming in. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me. About your work. And um, yeah, check out uh, Lauren on Instagram. We'll post your Instagram um, alias. Yeah, um, sure. With the podcast. Great. And check out City Home Collective online. I'm sure you can Google it. Um, Thanks again. Thank you. (laughs) 